In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, my brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, let's return for just a moment to that lesson from the letter to the Hebrews. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself, for every house is built by someone. But God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. The Word. Put yourself in the shoes of that man in the synagogue from whom Jesus cast out an evil spirit for a few moments. Can you even begin to imagine the horrors that he was living? He did not control his own body. He did not control his mouth or his emotions. An evil force from outside of him took complete control of him and had unexpected moments would force him to do and to say things he would have never done or said if he had any ability to control it. It was not his intention. Even, even when he was present to hear and see Jesus, the most powerful, most influential rabbi of the day, he went through all the effort of getting there hoping that he'd be able to make it through that synagogue session without any of these types of things happening, but it, it wasn't to be, even then, especially then. Even there, the demon would not relent. The enslavement to personal embarrassment and the distancing of others was nothing he or anyone else that he knew could do anything about. He could not go anywhere. He could not be with anyone without the uncertainty of the reality that at any given moment there could be an unpredictable, foul, abusive, verbal outbreak or some other act of violence disturbance that he didn't intend, that he would have never initiated, but was completely beyond his control. Do you think that he ever thought much about Jesus after that day his demon was driven out? Do you think he at least thought about Jesus on the 
yearly anniversary of the day of his exorcism? Do you think he thought about Jesus even once in a while? Maybe once a month? Once a week? Daily? Or continuously? What would you do if you were him? Every moment of your life, prior to meeting Jesus, at least the life that you could remember, was a tortured enslavement and never truly your own. Would you ever be able to shake off thinking about and fixing your thoughts on the one who had freed you from that torture? Freed you for the rest of your life. Or would every moment of the rest of your days be dedicated to that powerful and amazing Savior? You can see that happening, couldn't you? That somebody who had such a profound experience with Jesus the rest of their lives, every moment of every day, they were able to focus on the reality of why they had the freedom and the opportunities and the abilities that they did because of Jesus. But look back at that first phrase of this, of this lesson. The writer to the Hebrews addresses us, us, as holy brothers and sisters. Dial that back a few English translations and that term often used in the older English was saints. Later, in just a few verses, he will reference Jesus as the faithful oldest brother of the household of God. He will point to Jesus alone as our hope and our confidence if we hold firmly to him. Maybe you and I have never experienced something so profoundly enslaving as demon possession. But every single one of us, without exception, has been enslaved to our sinful nature and still does battle with it on a daily basis even now. The Word points to Jesus as the only possible answer to our predicament. Speaks of Moses first, Reminds us that Moses was about making us aware of the law of God, the commands of God, and how they examine us and condemn us. But Moses could only give awareness through the law he proclaimed as God's prophet. Clearly here the verses point to Jesus as far greater than Moses. Because as the founder and builder of the whole salvation operation, he is actually able to do something, to end the reign of sin, to end the power of the devil, to take away the sting and the reality of death. 
Jesus and Jesus alone. The whole point of of this Sunday and the Epiphany lessons of the day are to help you and me see how Jesus is truly the only one who has the power to do everything we need to have a share in what he calls here the heavenly calling. So first we're shown Moses in all of our lessons who was able to speak for God powerful words of prediction who also was able to do amazing acts of power 1,400 years before Jesus arrived in the world. Then this portion of Hebrews shows Jesus as the one who perfectly fulfills every last thing that Moses had offered as amazing promises of the future. Then the gospel comes with this account of but one amazing, miraculous moment of power that Jesus used to save someone from the awful realities of our human predicament. Just one of so many that we could point to. Remember how John, the Gospel writer, speaks of it in the last chapter of his Gospel? If you were ever going to try to record in a book all of the things that Jesus did and said, his miraculous power and mercy expressed, through his being in the years that he was here on earth. John says there wouldn't be enough books in all the world to record it all to the extent worthy of all that he could do. Everything humans have always needed him to be. But you and I turn so many different directions to the varied things that we believe will salve or save us from all that ails us, all that challenges us, all that saddens and defeats us, and often we turn to those who have gone before us, those experienced relatives or friends, neighbors, who who have lived more life than us, and we hope that their experience will be all that we need because we trust them and we love them. We have concerns. We have concerns about the future. We have concerns about the economy. We have concerns about our health. We have concerns about our children and our grandchildren. And those concerns, they truly swirl around us with a vapor, with a mist that grows on a daily basis into clouds so dark that they affect our moods and our minds. The room that day, that synagogue where Jesus was teaching, was filled with human beings with exactly the same reality. Experiencing every last bit of that too. Do you suppose any of them took a different approach to their challenges, their sadnesses, their losses, their needs in the days after they experienced this amazing miracle? When they saw what Jesus could do and what he was willing to do, It sounds simplistic and it sounds naive, 
when you say it out loud. But do you fix all of your thoughts on Jesus? That is what these verses are encouraging us to do in all things. They tell us that we can. If we want to, we can filter every last element of our lives, all of our decisions, all of our thoughts, all of our hopes, along with all of our challenges through the Jesus lens. And that would change everything. That requires some doing on our part, though. It requires us to spend time with Jesus regularly to get to know him and everything he has to say to us in all of his word. It equally requires of us honesty, brutal, transparent honesty with ourselves, with those with whom we share our lives, but even more importantly with our God who knows us inside and out and sees and knows everything about us anyway, so there's no point not being honest with him. requires all of that, especially our honesty about our inability to ever fix anything that is the worst about us, what's wrong with each and every one of us, ourselves. So it requires complete surrender, a complete reliance on God for the answers, on Jesus to be and to provide the answers for our life's biggest problems, questions, and needs. Most often, that is either something we won't do, for all kinds of varied reasons, or something as we look around the world and we see ourselves in comparison to the other people we live amongst and we just can't see ourselves Get it started even doing that. But here, in this verse, the Holy Spirit not only says it's possible, he shows us the way. He encourages us to see Jesus as our great high priest. In other words, everything from the Old Testament. And then also our great apostle. Everything available in the New Testament. But he encourages us to see Jesus as both in our lives right here and now and forever in the eternity to come. He clearly says that 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 will be a game changer. The kind of game changer we have always been looking for. All the other answers of value that we seek from all the other sources are clearly also outside of ourselves. We know we have no ability to address these things in any meaningful way. So why is it so hard to fix our thoughts on Jesus? Well, because it's the last thing our sinful nature wants. It's the last thing that most of the people living around us want, even some of those who we love most dearly. It is the last thing the devil will ever let happen in us without putting up quite a fuss in the process. All of that is always working against us all the time. But wait a minute. Weren't we just standing in a synagogue with a man who had far worse problems than we could ever imagine having? 
Didn't Jesus just show us he has the power and the answers over all of that? Hasn't he proven himself to be the one who is greater than even Moses? And is the most faithful son in God's eternal household? Perhaps the way we ask the theme question, are your thoughts focused, fixed on Jesus, says more about us than it does about Jesus. Perhaps it's time to take God at his word. Now, today, the week to come might actually be the best moment ever in your life. The best moment you have ever had, just like it was the best moment possible for that man from whom Jesus cast out that demon. To begin fixing your thoughts on Jesus. All your thoughts on Jesus. The author and the perfecter of your faith. Or, are you waiting for him to do something even bigger and better for you than he had ever done before like he did for that man with the demon in the synagogue. That's what you're waiting for? Take a good long look at Jesus again and realize he's already given you far better than all of that. And let that be your motivation. And also your ability through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the Word, to fix your thoughts on Jesus. Always. Amen. Please stand. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen.